0: Welcome to episode 100 of the Daniel Yoris podcast with today's guest, Matthew Busan. Let's go. Welcome back to the podcast, episode 100 with coach, artist, Matthew Busan. Matt, thanks for being here, man. I appreciate you very, very much. The first guest that was ever on the podcast, and now a uh, guest for episode 100.
1: Yeah, man it's crazy. I mean as always you know thank, thanks for having me. I mean uh, uh and congratulations to you. I think I think back well man I, when was the first one? 2 years ago now, 3 years ago now?
0: Uh a little little less than 2 years ago. It was it would have been, been less than 2. It started early like February whatever the first weekend or first Monday whatever of February 2021 and then uh the first episode we did was episode 10. I think that was the first guest episode was episode gotcha. 10 or 11 something like that. So that would have so been it would have been like March. March 2021 something like that
1: wow it's kind of wild how quick that time has gone by but yet when i think back to that period of time like how much has changed you know it's like it doesn't feel like it was two years ago it almost feels like it was 10 years ago yeah. uh, but anyways i want to say congrats to you man i know a lot of people when they start podcasts i think the magic number is like nine episodes if you can get through nine like you're kind of rolling so to hit 100 man i mean that that's massive and yeah, again yeah thanks for having me i think this is my third time on here total but like yeah. you said, first first speaking guest. So, I mean, you know, thanks again. I, I appreciate always good chats with you on or off, you know, the mic. Um, so yeah, congrats to you, man. A hundred. How does it feel for yeah. you? <laughs>
0: it feels all right. It's it's been um, a strange kind of realization coming up to it because like you know, as much as I appreciate congratulations and praise and these things, it's at the same time I'm I just did what I said I was going to do, so it doesn't mm-hmm. feel all that crazy i didn't i didn't like crush myself like to to do this hasn't been the only thing that i've been focusing on like you know there's a bunch of things that have been happening over the past couple years the podcast is one big one but i just said i was going to do one episode a week for the foreseeable future and i've just been doing that and so you know here we are so it feels it feels good to like knock off that number it feels good knowing that like most podcasts don't make it out of like episode 9 or 10 or whatever it is and like i think you know all the big names rogan tim you know, name them all. They're in episode, you know, multiple hundreds or thousands even right. now. And thousands, so it's like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we're now we're into the triple digits. So maybe something new is going to happen or whatever, but it is, I think it's a sign of a uh, credibility or validity of some sort.
1: And definitely consistency. Like you said, you know, one a week for a hundred weeks. Not a lot of people can say that about much. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Which has been a central theme of the whole podcast, right? It's just like consistency and fitness and business and all the things Like I've said that probably multiple times every single episode, but the podcast itself is a, you know, is a, as a testament to that, I think. So it feels good. It feels good. But yeah, lots of change, obviously, you know, at at that first one, we were like right in the thick of the the COVID stuff. And like, we've gone through that now and lots of change. You've moved several times since then. And now (laughs) across (laughs) three, four times, whatever it's been, but now like across (laughs) the country, you're in snowland now off the beach. So how's that been living in, living in New York now?
1: um it, it's it been cool man honestly like and, and i've talked about it i guess quite a bit the last couple of weeks that i've been here just people asking questions like oh like how actually is it because when i was leaving california you know sunny beaches like i've been in la for two years prior to that i was in san diego prior prior to that so kind of to be around that and everyone being like oh haha like you're going to new york like in the worst time like everything that people tell you this city has not been at all like it's it's busy like a city is but everybody here's been super nice like there's always, I don't know, it's just I'm kind of surprised and like maybe a testament to like don't listen to other people and let them dictate, you know, your experiences. Um, but so far, like it's a green city. Uh, I can go into the top of the roof and and feel like like breath lies down into my breath, just as if I'm standing on a mountain in California, which to me was like mm. totally unexpected in the city. Right. like you can go to L.A., you can go to a mountain in L.A. and you just see a giant like smog layer. So that's kind of been a big change. The people here have been super nice and friendly. Um, you know, like always, you kind of have your areas, you got your certain you know, individuals on the subway. But I mean, I've traveled all over the world now, you know, especially in my early twenties. So I've kinda of become a little bit more streetwise and you don't really worry about that stuff. So I mean yeah, to answer your question, absolutely love New York. It's totally different to anything I've ever lived in. I've lived in quite a few cities. Um, and yeah, total change from, you know, sunny San Diego to to you know the bustling New York, Big Apple, as they say. So it's been quite a quite a big change.
0: Has it snowed yet? Did you guys get snow like over Christmas or not, or not quite?
1: Um. So like the local area has gotten a lot of snow. It might have like kind of snow rained one time, but like not really enough to stick. Like everything was kind of like white and the rooftops were getting like a little white. But I woke up the next morning and, and it was gone. But it's definitely been cold. Like there was, I think, maybe 10 days in a row where we were under freezing Um, which again, you know, if you're in California, that literally doesn't happen, even if you're (laughs) in the mountains. So, um, that was kind of, kind of cool for me. Again, just the experience. I'm, I'm really enjoying just being exposed to like the weather. And again, even though I'm in the city and I'm mostly indoors now compared to, you know, being in California, being outdoors all the time, um, it's been kind of cool to feel the different, like, you know, just exposure to nature, which in California, it's kind of so even keel all throughout the year you don't really think about the weather and and the environment as much. So it's kind of cool to just to kind of bring that connection back. So I've been enjoying that for sure.
0: Yeah. We'll, we'll see how long that sticks. I'm still not (laughs) going to be in Toronto. It's (laughs) like like the, the weather is, you know, you you can enjoy the weather. Like I always say, we had this discussion. Like, I think the only people who really enjoy snow are those who don't have to shovel it. And and we'll see how long that, how long that sticks for you. But I hope it does. Like even this weekend, like I went snowboarding, I'm like, oh, I should probably get into this because it, it makes me, hate winter less if it's something to like look forward mm-hmm. to that i can only mm-hmm. do in the winter right but there there is some element to, to enjoying the seasons as well and just the the change of it if winter was maybe a little bit shorter that might be that might be better and to enjoy the snow rather than the slush like one thing that happens in the cities right. even in toronto like yeah, toronto gets cold and like gets snow but because the city itself is just warm and this is like downtown core kind of thing the city is just warmer than like the suburbs like where i live so the snow doesn't really stick on the ground and i would imagine new york is the yeah. same it'll snow but it'll just melt because you know there's people walking and cars driving and stuff yeah. happening that the snow doesn't really stick so you've got to probably go out of the city to to really experience that but you know it'll come you'll have all those experiences
1: yeah definitely <laughs> and i know i think like north they've been having crazy snowstorms um like yeah. in buffalo and that kind of area so hopefully maybe I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens in January. Everyone keeps telling me it's going to snow in January, so I'm like, "Well, it's January now. Let's see what happens." <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, let's see it. So today's episode, we're going to try and flip the script a little bit and try and stay on track before we get too too far off track. So <laughs> first good. of all, thank you very much for for preparing for this episode, which is which is a amazing honor for me. But I know that you have a bunch of kind of questions and stuff for me about. Well, I don't know what they're about, but we'll we'll flip the script. I'll, I'll hand you the the host mic, so to speak, and um and we'll, we'll just we'll go from there.
1: Definitely, Heck yeah, Let's do it. All right, first one, nice and easy. Uh, what has been your favorite thing about the podcast so far?
0: Favorite thing about the podcast, easily, has been being able to connect with people, as far as guests who I wouldn't have otherwise been able to connect with or have a conversation with. The easiest way to say it is like if I just called someone like say that we didn't know each other, we didn't have like a personal relationship and I just called you or messaged you on Instagram, like, hey, can we have a phone call for an hour and just like shoot the shit about your industry or about strength, conditioning, fitness, whatever. You'd be like, no, that's weird. Like, why would I do that? You're some stranger. Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would I do that? But if it's I say, hey, can we just shoot the shit about your stuff and do it on a podcast? Like, yeah, great, let's do it. And so, you know, that's, that's been one way to just connect with people that I wouldn't been able to connect with otherwise. That's probably been the, the biggest thing for that.
1: Nice. okay. Awesome. I like that. Number two, who has been your favorite guest or favorite topic so far? Or maybe even like top two or three if you can't pick one. <laughs> mm,
0: favorite guest? I, I think Jordan Syatt was a really good guest. All the guests have been amazing. But Jordan was like uh, someone who, specifically in fitness, like for a gen pop, that I've like looked up to for a while and um, you know, waited a long time to get that episode scheduled and the episode turned out really well good praise and really good feedback from that one um favorite topic though there's um the foot collective uh Nick St. Louis he's he's the runs that and I had him on the podcast and we talked about bitcoin and foot health and how that all relates to freedom and health and that was a pretty interesting conversation and not at all like we barely talked about foot health in that episode which i was fully prepared to talk about that and uh and it went in a totally different direction that was also like very eye opening I think and so that was probably one of the most interesting like single topics that happened uh in in a discussion if i could if I could you know just off the top of my head without like going through all the episodes
1: nice excellent love it love it. uh what has improved the most in your opinion so it could be like improved in terms of like your planning, that technology, which we're kind of just mentioning as you're using a whole new platform now. Um, what do you think has been most improved for you personally?
0: I think the technology is probably the the biggest one and there's still lots of room to improve on that. And so that's just like video quality or or having video. Like that was a new thing in, in this past year that I didn't really have video before that. Um, audio quality has always been more or less the same on my end, but on the guest side of it has significantly upgraded using this riverside platform versus versus zoom um and that's just because it, it makes it look more professional and so you can only get the message out if people listen to it if people don't listen to it or click on the video or click on the podcast link or whatever then you can have amazing conversations and say amazing things and if no one hears it then it just gets lost in the in the ether so probably that and i think second and this is I'm always improving at this, but just my ability to pull things out of guests, and it comes in not trying to do an interview style of podcast like this. Right, what we're doing right now is like almost backwards of that because you're just like question answer question answer, which is like great for the purpose of what we're doing today, but it's not always the best for for guests who are maybe not used to speaking for long times, and so having a conversation in such a way where I'm asking a question without asking a direct question. It's just more of a leading statement. That's been something that I've worked on really hard throughout the whole time and like continue to do. And I think that's something that I've really improved on in the past year.
1: Awesome. I think that's probably one of the hardest things. As you know, when I started my first pod, did one, I think one or two episodes and I'm just like, no, nah, this is not for me. Almost for that specific reason. Because I was like, wow, I can talk a lot for days and on tangents, but I really found quick, I couldn't do it on the other end. So. Uh, and I think listening to them, we've been able to, as a listener, see that like progression come a lot. Um, so yeah, excellent. Love it. Uh, next one. Number four. How... Ooh. Oh, fuck. My bad, dude. I asked <laughs> the same one. Never mind. Never mind. If <laughs> we get edit that bit? <laughs>
0: no, that's okay. Just keep it rolling. Uh,
1: n- gotcha. <laughs> n- next one. Uh, advice for budding podcasters, meaning if somebody hits you up, they've been following you for a long time, and they're like, hey, like, I want to take your idea i want to do a podcast what would the advice be or what would you go back in time and tell yourself
0: i would have i would tell them to upgrade the quality of the production as much as they can within their budget as soon as possible and that means and it starts with audio like when i started the podcast or before i even published the first episode there was like 3 weeks to a month of of testing Spots in my room, the the setup of the room, the mic, the settings of the mic, and like how to just do all how to speak into the mic. Like I practice so much just recording, just gibberish talking into the mic, so that I don't like hit the mic with my face, breathe into the mic, all these kind of things. Because the number one platform for listening to podcasts is 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 audio still. YouTube is big, but it's not as big as just purely someone in their headphones. So if you don't have good audio and you have like a sick video, but your audio is all weird, it's not good. So you need to have top quality audio. And it's really not that hard. This mic that I have is like a hundred bucks and I have like blankets and stuff around my room. And it's just about guess and check. It doesn't require all that much money or fancy equipment. If you can have like a proper studio and like a sick camera and all that setup, then better, but that gets expensive very quickly. So the number one thing I would say is upgrade the quality of the production as soon as possible and spend the extra time to learn it because it does take a little bit of time up front. But then after that, it's just set it up. Once I figured out how to like use this mic and set it up properly for me and my room and all this stuff, then it's the same every single time. So I don't have to do that every single time. So upgrade quality as fast as possible. And then that, and just stay consistent.
1: That's it. That's it. Oh, here's one, maybe on the flip side. Uh, What has been your least favorite thing? If anything at all, you might've been like, no, I absolutely love it. But maybe in terms of like making it, planning it, creating it, keeping guests, you know, to schedule, keeping uh, maybe they forget uh, something that's been your least favorite.
0: Probably just like what you said at the end there the the admin side of it is reaching out to guests, following up with guests, and and it's it's weird to say that because that's what I want to do is talk to people, but the, the, the effort or the, like the work and not that it's hard work, but it's just like, it's just busy work of messaging people, following up with them. Can we do this time? Oh no. Okay. We said 5 PM, but wrong time zone. So it can't be 5 PM. It has to be, you know, 2 PM or whatever that stuff is, or, you know, something comes up last minute. I schedule my day around and something comes up uh, and okay, we can't do it today. So we've got to do it next week. And then it's just the scheduling of it that I think is the, really the most, the most difficult or like tedious part, but Mm It's not that bad so i wouldn't say that i hate it um the rest of it is actually not that bad like i was saying right before this in the last answer like the production getting the video up getting the audio done and then after this i don't really edit it like i just said oh can you edit that like uh, it doesn't it's not that it's not that big a deal like i could do it clip it Mm -hmm. out reorder it whatever but it doesn't actually matter that much so the only editing i do is clean up the sound which i have that all like preset and done and and just stitch the audio on top of the video now and that's it so it really doesn't take all that much work it's just the just the setup and scheduling of the guests that that's probably the most like thing that i like the least i guess
1: gotcha yeah definitely i can imagine um and i guess one i left for lost which is kind of theme as of right now being you know first week of january into the new year new goals new year things that we've kind of talked about off mic you know uh, New Year's, does it start now or in spring? Maybe that's a topic for later. Um, but what are you excited about in, in the future? Do you have big plans, you know, for twenty twenty three? You're gonna keep the same plan of, you know, one a week per week, staying consistent. Um, what are you kinda looking to do for the future, you know, as of right now, first week of Jan going into the twenty twenty three season?
0: As far as the podcast for now, I'm gonna keep it to one a week. And the reason being is that the podcast is not The only thing that I do. If I was, if this was like the only thing that I do and I was making money, if I was making any money off of it or like it was my whole thing, then I would, then I would crank it up and I would go probably like three a week at least. Um, but because it's not the only thing that I do, it doesn't really make sense for me to spend that much time on it. And because this is just a long-term like forever thing, I'm not trying to get rich or be the biggest podcast ever in the next six weeks. That doesn't seem like a reasonable thing. So it's just about keeping it consistent. I do want to continue to upgrade the whole production quality. And like a bigger goal would be having a a proper studio and being able to have some in-person episodes with people who are in and around the area I think you know having people <laughs> fly people in to here like that's several years away but maybe not um, so that would be probably the biggest the biggest thing with it and then on the other side just keep trying to free up more time to, to do this with the other things that are going on like coaching in person and online mm-hmm. um, and try and just optimize that time spent a little bit more so that I can give the most amount of attention to things at the time that they deserve the attention to rather than being split like an example would be like, okay, if I've got in-person session in, you know, two in-person sessions in the morning, and then I've got a podcast right after that, and then I've got a, a check-in call with an online client, then back to the gym after that, and then another check-in call, and then okay. back to the gym for a client after that. It splits up time in such a way that's not doesn't allow me to like really dive into things all the time. And so, just trying to optimize that scheduling—that's probably like the biggest thing, and that will help everything grow more. So that's kind of like a a long, a long-winded answer there, but uh, as far as the podcast, that's it's it's more of the same. And I think that now that I'm after um, past 100 episodes, there will be some more. I'm anticipating a small amount of like greater notoriety with the podcast, where people who are like bigger guests than I may have been able to get accepting an in an invite previously will be like, oh, okay, this guy's done 100 episodes, must be at least worth. Answering this message versus a versus a no answer. And that's not like a slight to anyone who hasn't who hasn't ever answered me or didn't respond. Like, I totally get it. Like, you know, you reach out to someone who's like a big deal. Lots of followers. You know, I don't expect them to spend an hour of their time with me. But, you know, you ask and shoot your shot anyways. So I think there's something that will come that will come with that, or I'm anticipating that anyways. And uh, just trying to, you know, keep getting more guests, more good, more good content, more good messaging out there. Although a lot of it is the same and repeated in, in multiple different ways. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just a little upgrade all around.
1: Actually, I love it. Bit another big year of consistent one per week. Love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing. And even again, going backwards, a couple questions like with, anyone who's new into podcasting is you have to commit to doing it for at least a significant period of time. And I would say like six months because the the results or the, the feedback or analytics numbers of podcasts, it moves very slowly. Unless you are someone who already has a big online presence from another platform or from something else that you've done in the world, it's not just going to get tons of lit- listens and whatever. Your first episode, if you do a good enough job promoting it to your small network of people, will get significantly more ep- listens than everything else. And then it'll drop off and it'll steadily increase after that. But there's going to be episodes where you put it out and you see on that first day, you're super excited. It's a big episode and it gets seven listens. And that's okay. <laughs> but you have to know that like you-, you didn't do this to like make money on day one. And if you did that, like I would suggest not starting a podcast because it's not the fastest way to like grow a media audience or make money off it. So just sticking with it. And the same goes for fitness. And like, you know, this can tie into like some new year's fitness stuff. Now it's like, understand that you go to the gym for the next two weeks and you're not just going to be in great shape and have the body you want. And all these things, you have to commit to doing it for a certain amount of time and the amount of time I'd say fitness, like give yourself three months, give yourself three months at least and stick with it. And then, and then you can start to evaluate whether or not it's really worth it or not. Because until then, like things don't just, things just don't happen that quickly. And if they did, I mean, they would be so easy. And I would be here telling you like, yeah, just go to the gym tomorrow. You'll get jacked, but <laughs> it's not the way it works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, going back to when I was consulting, I would tell clients, athletes, like minimum three months, if you're not willing to put in at least three months consistently on the same, like, style of programming that it's not to say like you can't change it up right every couple of weeks and all the different programming but like if you're not going to commit to three months like it's 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 not worth your time and it's not worth my time you know um to kind of flip it and i think going back to something that you mentioned there that kind of triggered the the quality of content which right in the fitness industry i know you and i talk about it off mic a lot is a lot of the times the content is like 10 out of 10 but the delivery might not be there because that person didn't spend time on the delivery in terms of marketing and sales They spent time on like learning that and being in that environment and actually applying that into, you know, a living being person or client, you know? So I think, I think we're all always going to be battling, you know, that fine line between like quality and and content. So to say, you know, commit to it, be consistent over a long period of time. It's really with anything, like you said, fitness, like you just said, if you want to start a podcast, don't even try don't even do it unless you're going to commit six months to it. And I think when people kind of look at things in the long term like that it's really going to change a lot of you know what you get motivated for in the short term right because it's going to burn out like do you really want to do this in another year two three years if the answer is no then i kind of feel like well why even start it now you know go find something else that is going to be what you want to do
0: if i if i would have said like oh i need to be making money off this or i need to hit this many downloads or whatever in 10 episodes or I wouldn't have made it past ten episodes because it just it's just mm-hmm. not there and it wouldn't it wouldn't have happened. So you have to just be like, oh, this is just the thing that I do and whatever happens, happens and understand that it takes it just takes a long time. And you can continue to iterate and improve as you go, but uh but you gotta get started. At the same time with that though, I think with podcasting specifically, there are some people, some podcasts out there who have done like a number, you know, they're in maybe episode thirty or forty or whatever, and the quality is just very poor for for the the audio only and at that point it's like yes getting it out there is good but you do have to play that that content game and same with instagram Mm -hmm. same with twitter same with tiktok whatever all the stuff is like you do have to capture people's attention you can't just be there and you know read a piece of paper that says you should go outside. You should eat vegetables. <laughs> like like nobody wants, everyone knows that no one wants to listen to that. You got to upgrade that. And I definitely struggle with this. Like you said, we talk about this all the time. Like I struggle with getting that, like that showmanship or whatever that just catches people's attention yet still delivers a, a good message and good content that way. But it's, it's just an unfortunate truth of, of the world we live in.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think there's a flip side of that, right? Which is kind of why I ended up doing that filming for the, for the uh, McGregor app is that they had these like talented, like fitness people that are, you know, super athletic, fitness looking, look great on camera. But then when it came to like the public speaking and the explanation of the workouts and the explanation of the timing, those people, they couldn't do that because it wasn't that right. So it's, again, we're always kind of walking this fine line of, you know, really just trial and error at the end of the day. We're we're never going to be like, great at both but we can kind of be better at one than the other or you become really really good at one and then you start trying to learn like you said like you make it look like it's being delivered in that way and then people start paying attention like oh wow the content of what they're actually saying is also really good and then you start listening to that as well so i think yeah it's that weird kind of like fine line where like on both sides of the coin like the academic side to to for lack of a better way to explain it versus like like the like talent Hollywood side, if that makes sense, you know, it's like on social media, the Hollywood side looks great, you know, big buff, you know, super fit chicks and, and guys, but then the content of what they're saying is, you know, eat chicken and broccoli, you know, every day, all the time, forever. Like, wait, hang on a minute. Like, you know, this isn't the eighties anymore. You know what I'm saying? Versus like the guy over here that's spending all the time on content. So I really think it's, you know, it's finding that happy medium in in all aspects. Um, of of life, really, you know, whether it, it's marketing things like that, like you just mentioned, you got to grab people's attention, and 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 at this in this day and age, we can't fight it, right? Like phones, tablets, laptops, all of these things. If you can't beat them, join them, so to speak, you know. But join them in a way that you know you can kind of put your positive spin on it, or or impact, or content. Um, at least I don't know. That's what I'm still trying to figure out, as you know.
0: <laughs> that's that's another reason that I love the podcast, though, is because it doesn't. It's very hard to hide in a one hour conversation. If someone who like looks great, like the you know the model type of person, which mm-hmm. by all means, like do your That's thing, like do whatever you want. Right. And you know, they they have their workout things on Instagram, but they're never speaking. They never have to explain something. Or if something's explained, it's in a written caption where they could have sat there for an hour to write out that caption and look things up and make sure it's correct. But in a podcast you can't you can't hide and can't give one word answers. It doesn't work that way. So It brings out a lot of authenticity from people and with people who are new, people who I've never spoken to before, there's always this like 10 to 15, maybe 20 minute, like warm up period kind of where we're just kind of getting comfortable with each other, get all like the baby stuff out of the way, the intro, whatever. And then it gets, and then we settle in. It's like, okay, now, now, now you've got to like explain yourself and show what's up because otherwise like it's not going to, it's not going to look good for anyone. And it's not to like Mm -hmm. say that that's a challenge, but uh, it, it is a, it brings out the best of people and maybe the worst of people, but it brings out their true self, and I think that that's probably mm. one of the things that I love the most about um, about podcasting as well. However, I do think that the the real way to do it, I think the best way to do it is this: podcasting and the content stuff is to become an actual you know academic expert in whatever it is, so you, you know your stuff, because that's way harder to you can't fake that as much. But you can pay someone who is good at video editing, photos, all those things to do that stuff. For you, it's very hard to pay someone to like do your knowledge for you. Like, if you know what you're talking about, and you can pay someone eventually, you know, through your business and whatever, to do all the the media side of things, then that's probably the best way to to go about it because they're talented at what they're talented at, and you know, the academic type person is talented at what they're talented at, and you don't have to pretend that you're good at everything. You just do the thing that you're good at, and let other people do their thing.
1: Also, I, I find it funny that even in right now that we're talking about like these two different paradigms is like one or the other. Whereas like, I'm literally living now and right. We talk about all the time. Like I'm trying to do both. (laughs) Right. Like I'm constantly at this war of, you know, like art versus science, science versus art. Like, you know, obviously, and you listen to any of the old podcasts, anything like that, any of the stuff like I used to do, even now that I'm saying that out loud, right. It's kind of weird to think about, but for that 12 years, like focusing on nothing, but like the academic content and now just going complete 180 degrees and being like, well, I could pay somebody to create the media content, this, that, or the other, but in paying that somebody and getting them to do it, are they really going to then be able to, I guess, create and portray Mm. exactly what I'm envisioning? And I guess that's, where now we start teetering into the artist or the art side of things or the creativity, right? Like anybody can play football, but how you play football is what's going to get you remembered, right? Like there's certain players and not to pick football, but whatever sport, right? There's a couple that we could probably mention. And across the board, everybody's going to know who we're talking about, right? Michael Jordan, Pele, Ronaldo, doesn't matter what sport, people know how they play, right? Like because he's got a certain move or, you know, Michael Jordan's going with the, hung out dunk cuz he's slamming it, right like that's his artistry or artistic delivery of the science i guess again i don't know but again right these two paradigms where were constantly like like uh like like fighting and i just kind of find it funny right obviously in my life right now that's keeps coming up a lot but even as right now we're trying to describe it we just put it into these two different boxes, right? You know, it's just funny for me to think about. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I might even say that what you're doing now, and, and we can kind of describe that quickly just for people, but it, it's almost that the 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 art itself is now the academic aspect, academic air quotes aspect of what you're doing, because the thing that you're trying to do is art versus mm-hmm. for, for me, what I'm trying to do, it's not, I guess you could call a podcast art or Instagram or social media art in in a well, way, I would call it but, you know the
1: art of public speaking, right? The art of public speaking because that's the way that you record and deliver your podcast will be different to thousands of other podcasters, right? So that's what I'm saying. There's always still going to be that element of like artistry or the way that you do something. I think that's always. That's what's going to grab people's attention, right? So some people do it much better than others, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, and
0: those are the and those are the ones that we remembered, and what that they, they can do differently. Like you just mentioned, those athletes. If you think about skill for skill, if Michael Jordan and I'm no basketball buff, so nobody call me out on this, but like skill for skill, <laughs> was Michael Jordan better at dribbling than every other basketball player, or better at? layups are better at whatever technical aspect of basketball is he probably one of the best in all those things yes is he the best in all of them no but the way he puts it together and this 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 certain way he does it and it's just just happens to be better he just understands the game better all we use these words he has this vision and it's like we use these words that don't really mean anything tangible but it's just the way he does it and that's the that's the art of it right it's like when everyone you know the World cup just ended I see it differently because I've I played soccer at a somewhat high level, but it's like when Messi gets the ball, things are just happening differently. What he's doing, I don't know, he's just running faster, touching the ball in a different way. It's like, it's not anything technically different, but he's making different things happen. And that's the, that's the, the beautiful blending of it. And I bet he wouldn't even be able to explain it either. It's just how he does it.
1: It's. I mean, yes. You know, scouts. What they call it, like the X factor and it factor. Yeah. Like they just they, they got it. Like the, yeah. The the yin versus the Yang. I don't know. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about because last time we were on here, we were talking about architecture and building cities and design, and that's still that's still art and in, in different designs and or in different ways. And now, obviously, a lot has changed since that. But like, give us a little bit of the update of like the art side of things and what you're working on now and focusing on. And I can flip that like 2023 resolution goals uh, back on you here.
1: Okay. Yeah. I love it. So yeah, last time I think it was what, maybe like mid year, June, July ish. Um, I was heavy into training for project heroes at the time. And I had already known for a few months, like tail end of my quote unquote, like fitness career or coaching career performance like I'd already kind of left that a couple years prior obviously the pandemic and things like that totally changed got into a lot more consulting Um, architecture for me has always been in the back of my mind designs always been in the back of my mind Um, I think I might have mentioned on that podcast just yeah. my, my mom versus my dad two totally different like this paradigm that we're speaking right now I guess you know in manifestation my dad is a very very hard worker and you know so that's kind of why I went down the academic pathway Versus my mom, dancer, design. My brother is a musician and one of the most phenomenal musicians like in Australian history. So I've kind of always been this like black sheep of the family to these like really high performing like artists. And I've always felt like the black sheep, especially because I went and did the science thing. So at the time, because I knew I was getting towards like tail end of fitness career and I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do something else. You know, health is always going to be the presiding factor of anything that I do, right? That's why I got into coaching in the first place. It's why I started training in the first place. I was a super, you know, out of shape, you know, overweight kid in the beginning, a teenager. I knew I didn't want to be like that. Got into training, you know, that got into all of that kind of sports stuff. Um, And so that's why I always thought architecture for me is going to be important in the way that we live, in the environments that we live in. Um so I was at this point in time so lost that I was thinking about getting more student loans and going back to university for God knows why uh just as you know maybe a reference if you're thinking about doing that for the second time you're pretty much at your rock bottom <laughs> <laughs> um and so a couple few months uh fast forward End up getting another job in sales, fitness sales, right, which I think for me was like the tail end of like this full circle in my fitness career, something that I had struggled with as a coach myself is like the sales and the marketing, all of that. Uh, doing that for a short period of time, but absolutely crushing it and kind of seeing like, wow, like, again, I could do this for the rest of my life and earn a bunch of money and, you know, I, I'm really good at this and I'm good at the sales and the speaking now and the this and that. And I'm like, but I absolutely hate every day of my life. Like, I, I can't do it. Fast forward another couple weeks, uh my fiance newly uh engaged, she got offered opportunity to come to New York and we are both just like screw it. And I said, Well, if I'm going to New York, I'm gonna be an artist. That's it. That's like that's the mecca of art right now is you know uh uh Brooklyn, uh, Bushwick Brooklyn Greenpoint, Brooklyn, all these places in Brooklyn, is this like renaissance right now of all these like young artists kind of like our age and, and, and younger that are kind of coming in. And it seems like, you know, because of the pandemic, a lot of people left New York City. So there's all this property and all these people are flocking back to the city in droves. And and maybe that's why, like in the beginning, we mentioned, like it's so happy and positive here right now, which is not ever what I expected. Um, So sorry to answer your question, a full roundabout. Um, started off in architecture thinking I was going to do that. Came to New York, had absolutely no idea what I was going to do. Uh, sent out three job, uh, basically job applications. Two of them were real big fitness companies, right? Because I could could have done that. Could have made a whole bunch. And then out of nowhere, this art studio that I've been following for a minute just you know put up a thing like, hey, we're hiring. I went through the interview, sent him my resume just – and then, then in my cover letter being like, I absolutely know you're going to look at my resume and be like, why is he applying here? I haven't no, you know, because it's completely not like anything I've ever done before ever in my life. And so I was really nervous for the first time ever. Most times thinking, all right, when my resume gets on somebody's desk, I'm going to get a phone call at least to be like a couple more questions. But in this instant, I had nothing. I had literally nothing. So I sent his resume and I was just like, fingers crossed – They read it. They read my cover letter and were like, hey, this is a really interesting story. Like, you know, do you have time for a a phone interview? Called me, went through it, went in and just absolutely fell in love with it straight away. So basically, long story short, I'm working in an art studio now in Brooklyn um, where you basically make hand uh, museum quality art by hand. We pack it by hand, ship it by hand, or sorry, pack it by hand, make it by hand uh, and ship it literally all around the world. Um, and I'm absolutely loving it. And it's kind of now also learning all of those things that I'm doing with a couple kind of side projects here uh, that I would like to do that tapping into that creative, um, just energy and health. And like now just all going into, of course, like mental health, psychedelics, right? All of these things I think we've talked about multiple times. I think we talked about that one on that second episode quite a bit. Um, and yeah, just seeing a Renaissance here, you know, that's happening in New York's, legalization, all these things that back in 2016 as a scientist academic, when I first started talking about them and literally got loft out of the room by, you know, all these older academics. And now to see it all like happening and, and coming into fruition, like 2023, I think – We've all gone through the last two years and like kind of got back to like a platform or back to like, a all right, cool. Let's build the future, you know, and especially a lot of these discussions, because now I'm getting to the point, things that we talked about on that first episode, the number 10 one that, you know, conspiracy theories. Remember, we didn't even bring any up, but we just went on this whole tangent about conspiracy theories. I could probably like list them all now. And they're not conspiracy theories anymore, <laughs> right? Like there's so many of them, even, and I'm just talking about like health and, um, you know, nutrition and supplements and things like that. And like not even getting into some of the big, heavy, deeper, uh, conspiracies. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just funny. Um, so I guess my future goals and, and excitement is just to keep tapping into that. I'm about to launch this hoodie line, um, that I'm super excited about. Cause it's kind of, for me, all encompassing it's creativity, it's health, it's, for the, it's good for the environment. It's natural, it's organic. Um, it's kind of never been done before in terms of the technology. I'm combining like old 19th century technology with 20th century technology. So that I'm super excited about. Um, so yeah, I guess to answer all of those questions in a long roundabout way and, and end up back in the resolutions for 2023 is just keep tapping into like that and that energy. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. See no it's happens.
0: been it's been it's been huge i remember when you took that that sales job and like you were super excited about it for like the first couple of weeks and then there were and there was a day i think the message I, it was, was like, it was like there's a a peak and then it just went bah. there was there was one day some i, I remember what happened we don't have to say it exactly but you sent me a message like it was something to the effect of i'm done with this place i quit <laughs> and i was like what you were literally telling me yesterday like how cool it was <laughs> it's like no i'm fucking done with it and that's it <laughs> but but, yeah yeah, i think the
1: realization was was that like i could do this for the rest i could do this same job in the same place every day for the next 70 years and like is that success to some people yeah to me i was just like no absolutely not you know and like the lack of appreciation and the problem with like sales and the sales in the fitness industry it's never enough people are just chasing this never-ending number that's never going to be it's like If if you give us a goal and we hit 110% of it, right, there's a commission. You hit 120% of it, there's a commission. I think that month we hit like 157% of goal, which is like, I've never seen that. And I've been in the fitness industry for 10 years and I've never seen anybody blow a goal that far out of the water tangibly, like, right. And it was kind of like a cool... All right. Now we're already stressing about how much money we're going to make next month. And I was like, wait, hang on a minute. Like <laughs> the team that we had, like seven people like grinding for that, working together for that. There was no, and like, I don't need a pat on my back. Right. Like, I don't need to be like, Hey, you did a good job, but, uh, Hey, thank you. You absolutely murdered and crushed your goal with your team. How did you do it? Let's do it again next month. What right? Like, why not take and feed off of that energy and, and, yeah. and, 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 like, and it was just from Corbett, not not good enough, do more, do better next time. I was just like, not, not for me.
0: It's a weird, that day I
1: think in my head, I (laughs) would yeah, a hundred percent. And just like for me, again, being from team environments and very high performing team environments, you recognize every win along the way. Like, otherwise you're going to burn out very, very quickly. Right. Because nobody's enjoying it. Nobody's having fun. Like you can win and be the best of the best of the best and also enjoy your life. Right. It doesn't have to be one or the other, and I was just like, "No nah, that is not the philosophy for me. I like, just couldn't do it so yeah it it was it was I think the last little kind of icing on the cake to prove to myself and like all the detractors I guess over those ten years are like and and even now, like you can literally be great at anything you put your mind to, no matter what it is, even if it's something like that that for ten years you had no idea how to do it, <laughs> yeah. you know, so for me i there was a lot of positive things that I could take out of that, as well as the negative of being like not nah, i cannot do this <laughs> forever
0: i think another like saving grace for yourself probably is that you know that if shit really hit the fan and you just you like you needed to make money you can always go back to that like your resume is unmatched basically and so like if you just needed to do that just to you know put food on the table and stuff you can always you can walk into any gym fitness studio university whatever you want and be like hey i'm the guy for the job that you have open and they'll say like okay, yes, please. <laughs> right. And so, and, you, and, you, and you'd and be able to do that very well, like tomorrow. So that's, that's another way to, you know, you have that in the back of your mind as like a safety net, if you will, but then it allows you to pursue like some of the art and some of the other things you've always been interested in. You've always dabbled with it, drawing and doodling and stuff like that. As long as I've known you anyways. And so now that you can actually go through that, but have you seen any of like, has the attitude business wise, I'm sure sales is Sales in every industry, and there's going to be people pushing for like more and more and more, and it's never enough. But the general attitude of like coworkers and the people in the industry that you deal with is it very different than fitness and strength and conditioning?
1: Um. Yeah. First of all, I'm really glad you asked this question because I was having a massive conversation with my fiance about it the other day. It could not be any any further from being different. Like it just cannot, right? And then, and and I also know this. Uh, I guess in a little bit of context for people that or listen, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I came from an environment for 12 years, like NFL, UFC, uh, rugby, right? Like like the most, I don't lack for a better term, like masculine, ego-based, right? Like it's physical violence on a daily basis in a controlled way. And I'm not saying that you know because a lot of these guys are like psychos or a lot of them are, are bad people, but it's just very polarizing, right? Because it's such a, an extreme small percentage of people like live like that every day. Now being in this environment, like it's total opposite. Everybody's like, not to say that they're positive; they do complain a lot more. But everybody's a lot more caring about other people. Everybody's more just tuned in to like other. Whereas, like in that ego athlete base, especially maybe because the tail end of my career was dealing with UFC fighters, it's them and only them exist on the whole face of the existence of Earth, right? And you you know, right? To, to even in, in a gym full of them, there's always one that thinks they are the one, right? right? Like no matter how many like alpha dogs or whoever you want to say, they all think they're that there is one like almost absolute. So kind of, right. it's the exact opposite polar. It couldn't be any different. Right. And so, yeah, I think for me, for the first couple of weeks, it was a like a culture shock. It was like, Like I'm, I'm, people are saying hi and good morning and, you know, making eye (laughs) contact. I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, not, you know, guys like, you know, staunching around the gym, like trying to get ready for a fight or, you know, they're weight cutting and, you know, hate the world because they've had, you know, not enough calories and, and, and all of this. So yeah, it's, it's, it's totally different. I'm, 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 and I think again, just like I mentioned with my, my resume, right? Like you even said, and thank you. I super appreciate it. If I needed to, I could send it to any gym, like in the local area, probably get a call back. But for me, for this, it's like clean slate. You know, it's like talk about a, you know, I I don't know, spiritually what they call it, like a dark night of the soul type event. Like it's flat one. Nobody cares who I am. As long as I show up, I do my job, you know, and and me being me with my attitude. I want to show up, do my job. I want to crush my job. And I want to make everybody around me happier and laugh while I'm doing it. And, And that's it's whereas before, like, even in the first episode, if you would have asked me, I wouldn't have said that. I'm like, I want to be the best in the world. I want to be around people that want to be the best in the world. Yeah. Sacrifice everything to be the best in the world. And now it's like complete, like 180. So I think for me, like personally, ego wise, like it's just, yeah, I feel like this massive, like a weight off of my shoulders as well. It's kind of weird.
0: (laughs) Do you think that that's necessarily a negative thing in that environment? Like you would obviously know this way better than I do, but to be a UFC champion, you can't, you have to be somewhat selfish and you do have to believe that you are literally better than everyone in the world. And like, you'll kick anyone's ass who looks at you the wrong way if they, if they want it. And not that you should act on that, but you have to believe that fully. Otherwise you'll never make it to the top. So it's, it's almost a, that, that ego, that alpha dog mentality. It's gotta be necessary to some extent in that profession. It's not maybe a good way to live your life, but to do that thing, it is part of it.
1: And I think that's what's hard. I think a lot of these guys, they they do it. And then that does become their life, right? Like they, they build up this character, so to speak, in the media that they're portraying. But it's like, is that really who that person is? And I think a lot of athletes get tied up in that. I know in the consulting I did with the NFL – um, the NFL, I don't know if it's the exact same for every single team, but they have basically like a, a director of player personnel or something like that. And their job is basically when these guys retire and like have to assimilate like back into society. It's almost like with veteran army, uh, you know, military guys coming wow. back home and and going back in. They They were basically like a trained like psychologist or something along those lines. And their sole goal was to help these people like go back into society. And it, it, so – it's Yeah, it's a very strange dynamic when, when you're around that environment. Um, at UFC and MMA is always going to be just a little bit different because it's individual sport, right? So NFL, you can still get that, the team and the family and the culture. And, and rugby is very similar in that as well, right? It's still the team, the team, the team. But UFC and MMA is just this kind of like little microcosm over here in the corner all by itself, right? That, you know, it can either be very, very positive or it can be very, very toxic. And I think that's also a testament to... I'm sorry, as I'm talking, I'm just going to plug in my charger. Yeah. Um, the, the kind of the old school way of thinking and the new school way of thinking, right? Like, you know, the, the millennials versus the boomers, as you know, I, I like to go on about. But just that old school way of of thinking that, you know, not everybody can, can win or that scarcity mindset. I think, you know, all of our grandparents grew up in that kind of like time and period, right? Whereas like now and the millennials, there's like we can all win. Everyone, you know, you can do it your own way. Um, so I don't I don't think it's as necessary as people think it's necessary, if that answers your question. Like, yes, you have to think you're the best in the world, but you also don't have to be a dick to the people around you to be the best in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that was kind of my biggest takeaway from yeah. working in that environment.
0: I didn't know that the NFL had those kind of people, but it makes perfect sense. And the way that I kind of think of it and describe you know, some people that I know who have played professional sports is like they – This and this is not a bad thing, but you never grow up. Like the way that I think about me playing soccer, Mm -hmm. which was my sport, with my Mm -hmm. you know my teammates and my buddies when I was you know from the time I was three years old all the way up till whatever teenager. And it's like, yeah, you mess around with your friends at practice. You 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 mess around in the change room, and like you just you're just always like fooling around, and you're a kid. But then if you just never (laughs) if you never get out of that and never like get a real job, so to speak, and have to be in like a professional environment, you're always just messing around with the boys in the change room, like. Uh, that sounds weird, but you know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You're messing around with your, your buddies absolutely. all around and you're just playing sports and ha- hanging out and having fun. Like that, Why would you have to integrate into regular society? And then we talk about, we've probably talked about this before, but like football players smashing your heads against each other, MMA fighters getting kicked in the head for a living. Like we can't expect these people to just be normal because what they do right. is absolutely not normal. And so it doesn't excuse right. their behavior, but it does somewhat explain it. And that's a whole separate conversation into like CTE and all that stuff, which we don't have to really get into. I think we've, we've harped on that before, but, um, but maybe the other thing with art is that it's not as competitive in that there's not a winner. When you put out a piece of art, you're, I guess there's competitions of some sort, but you're not winning a game or a championship or something like that. So there's not that, like, there's enough room for everyone to, to be successful.
1: It's, it. I say it's definitely true in the sense of like, I mean, unless you're in like a specific art competition. There's nothing like to win, but I would also say the the the, hard, the then harder part of that is that you have to win everybody's attention like ver- a sport game, right like it's it's a team versus another team in sports you versus or, or sorry in art it's you versus everyone else always all of the time <laughs> mm. right So it's like some people will find one artist that they really like, or that artist has like a hundred different pieces and a whole bunch of people like just one piece. So, I think it's harder and it's almost, in a sense, more competitive because you're competing with everything all of the time. Uh, And I think it's a lot harder and something that I'm struggling with is right going from that attitude of like, you don't care what people like say about it or, you know, as a coach and a high performance coach, like, I'm going to tell you what I think or feel or scientifically believe and you can take it or leave it. Whereas in art, it's like, I need everybody to like this and I need everybody to like me now all of a sudden. I need everybody to not like me, but at least pay attention to me. Right. And then you could argue you know, a lot of artists deliberately do the easy thing, I think, which is like pissing people off. So it's like, they hate, they might like your art, but they hate you as a person. Right. You can kind of detach from there a little bit. So I think competitiveness, it's completely different in, in, it's almost like apples to oranges competitiveness, if that makes sense. It's like, you're competing with everything, but not in the same sense of like sport competing. I don't know. It's just, maybe I'll figure it out as I go, but it's a Kind of strange concept now, right? Like all of these things that I've been looking at with only one lens most of my life for for the last 12 years. Now, all of a sudden, I'm looking at the same thing, but from a completely different lens. And I'm like, ah, you know? So I kind of get trapped in these like mind things right now where I'm like, hmm, that's a really interesting way of looking at it. So.
0: Yeah, competing <laughs> for people's opinions must be difficult because in sport, if you say to the athlete, like, hey, you must do X, Y, Z in training, and they're like, I don't want to do that. Like, okay, well, it's going to get you faster, and that's what you want. And so you do it, and then they get faster. It's like, boom, I don't care if you hate me. You got faster, job done. Not that, you know, you shouldn't want people to hate you, but you know what I mean? In art, it's like, well, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it my way. Well, people don't like that way. Well, too bad. I'm going right, to do it my right. way. And it's like, well, then no one will buy right. it and no one will see it. And they're like, that's the only thing that matters is kind of other people's opinion. So you have to try and, I would imagine, you have to try and, Maintain your your individuality and your personality, and not pander to the audience or the the recep, reception too much. But at the same time, you mm-hmm. have to give the people what they want. I think I think I've watched like this documentary series about Picasso, and he was very controversial. And I may be just butchering this if if I'm off, but he was very controversial, and the things that he did were like outside of the rules. And one of the mm-hmm. things I remember was that he said that you have to know the rules so well so that you know mm-hmm. how and when to break them. And I was like, oh, that's pretty like that's pretty ingenious there where you have to understand how to give the people what they want by by doing your own mm-hmm. thing anyway. So but that would be very difficult <laughs> to blend and, and total yeah, no, opposite of what we're coming about. I, I,
1: I love that. And I guess that's also now with with what I'm trying to do uh, and, you know, artistically deliver. All this scientific health stuff I've learned over the last twelve years, right? Like, cause you know, you know me, and I think we first connected with one of the online courses, um, right? So it's like I've done online courses, like tutorials, like all of this stuff. Where it's like I always felt like I had a burden to like teach other people this or to spread this information. Where it's like now trying to learn both of those those things, right? Is is to deliver something that I can be, you know, happy with and and have integrity with that it's also going to be delivered in a way that's creative. It's going to grab attention. It's going, like people are going to want to rep it, right? It's like if you put out a t shirt, it's got to look dope or nobody's going to want to buy it, no matter how like cool the content is. You know what I mean? It's again it's this kind of fine line that we're constantly battling with. Uh and yeah, it's it's Picasso, yeah, that's a great that's a I think he was one of the best ones. You got to know the rules so well that that you can that you can then break it you know so i think i guess that's what i'm trying to do i feel like i know the rules so well in the health world that now i can break them a little bit more creatively right where it's like hey if i give you this program for the next three weeks like do it you're gonna get healthier nobody or not nobody right but it's that constant like well did you actually do it did you not implement it into your life well, what about your diet right well hey maybe i can deliver this cool saying that's gonna get into their head and get them training and doing something for the next three weeks and they can just buy it and wear it and it's around, you know, so it's kind of almost like inception kind of thing. I think that's the way I'm kind of looking at it. But yeah, knowing the rules of what works and what doesn't, you know, and then being creative, you know, because a, a, as an artist too, the ones that break the rules the most are the, are the biggest and the most well-known. Like nowadays, pretty much everybody knows who Banksy is and Banksy's broken like every rule of, you know, <laughs> the streets in terms of graffiti. And he's broken every rule, you know, of, of art in terms of like fine art. And, you know, it's, it's. So it's constantly walking that line of, I think the only way to really like be like happy and true to yourself is, is the authentic, the authenticity. If if you're authentic to yourself and the art that you want to create, I think people are going to gravitate towards that. It might not make you, make you millions. It might not, you know, you know, if, if you draw a shoe of a Nike shoe, somebody's going to buy that, right? Because that's just the world that we live in these days. But if you kind of take that and then do it in your own kind of flavor, I think that's where the creativity kind of really comes through.
0: What do you think about, we've talked about this a little bit, but what do you think about the AI, AI art then and the direction that's heading? Because it, although it looks cool and it's like fast, it removes, like I could do AI art, but just typing stuff in a computer. But I don't know shit about art. Like it doesn't, doesn't, mean, doesn't make me an artist, although I guess I produced it. So What do you think about that now mm-hmm. that you're kind of on the inside?
1: I think, like, and this is a huge touchy subject, of course, because that brand new AI app came out like a couple of weeks ago, and now being in the art world, it was like one of the first topics that everyone was talking about. There's kind of a lot of a lot of arguments at play in within this same kind of topic, right? So AI art, there's a couple of ways we've got to look at it. One, how was that AI app created? Because the biggest problem was that a lot of those AI apps are created. The, the, the app creator, the producer, the developer takes a bunch of artists' work, enters it into the app so it can learn it, recreate it. That artist has never been credited or or paid for for that work. So that, in a sense, is basically like theft or the copyright infringement kind of argument that that, that is being talked about. The other argument is also the capitalistic argument in, in that a lot of these apps are just being created by people to make somebody really, really rich and then disappear. Because that app, Right. I don't know a hundred, a million people around the world paid three dollars for it. That that's three million dollars, and then they took the app off the market and it's gone. But that theft originally has still occurred towards that artist. Now on the flip side of that, there's also the argument, as always with anything, you know, uh, video killed the radio star. Right, the next technology always overtakes the technology previous to it. In this sense, I think as with anything, right, like we have access to all this technology, you're able to create. A high quality professional quality podcast using an app that's that's AI that's built it or some component to it. so there's a lot of arguments to be made about AI art in terms of like helping somebody convey an idea. If I have an idea that I need to get across to people and i and I can't I could type it into an app it'll give me a visual creation of what I'm trying to portray. I feel like if you're using that in a very transparent way and saying, Hey, I created all these images behind here from from this AI app. Uh, for the search, for the purpose of this, right? Like if you're storyboarding or pitching an idea, you haven't yet created that work in the first place to get greenlit to create that work. You know what I mean? So I feel like there's this kind of constant like chicken or the egg when it comes to technology. And this is any technology, even with AI that people that are so attached to the old technology are going to hate it no matter what. But then there's always going to be a component where the new technology can or may have a positive impact as well, right? So you can never kind of quite black or white, yes or no anything, but again, it's going to bring up a lot of discussions. And see, that's just like three main heavy arguments that I've seen other people talking about about AI art. Because I'm, you know, right now I'm just kind of like I'm I'm two months into a new degree. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. So I'm just sitting back like watching. So it's kind of interesting that even in that one topic, there's a lot of different arguments that can be made for AI art or for against AI art. Um, but I think the one thing that they've got to like come to an agreement and all you would need to do is, Hey, the creator and developer of this app is going to pay this artist to use their artist to train their AI to then create this. I think once we get to that point and we have that process, then I, I, I don't see a, a huge problem, with it, right?
0: Yeah, that's, that makes sense. Cause the thought that was running through my head was like, if I, if I not using AI, if I see a piece of art that you've made and i get inspired by that or it sparks an idea in my head and then i go and draw my own picture that's like inspired by that idea but it is my own is that really theft or is that inspiration and inspiration has always been around and i'm not sure that it's illegal but i guess if you're directly using you know artist joe smith's art to train your ai app and then all of the app or all the art from that app is then derived from joe smith's art then that is different because you've used his art as a training tool for your ai but then i guess Maybe the way around that is like, well, we didn't use just Joe Smiths. We used like, you know, 5,000 artists from around the world to train our thing. And then mm-hmm. the thing puts out its own, its own version of it. So maybe one way artists could capitalize on it is, you know, you'd obviously need some tech person on your team to do this, but like you create your own AI app so that people can create mm-hmm. art in your image.
1: And a lot of them are, uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt. No, I think ahead. a lot of, I think a lot of them are starting to do that now. They're creating their own apps it was kind of also starting to take off a lot more like with the NFT, you know, digital AI art, yeah. which I don't know. I know you mentioned Bitcoin. It kind of, that's kind of like come and gone, especially in the art world. Like I don't, nobody's really talking about NFTs anymore. It's like, they all came and people made money, people lost money. And now it's not even like a, a, an afterthought. Cause a lot of AI apps were, I think initially created. So people could just pump out, Hey, I made 50,000 NFTs, you know, in a day. It's like, what, how did you create 50,000 pieces of art in a day? Like, yeah, you know, that's not humanly possible, right? Like, yeah. Um, I think another thing too, it really depends on what you're using it for. Which for me goes back to again, like in intention, which I know we've talked about, right? With like, you know, steroids and stuff like that. What's your intention of cheating? Your intention of healing? Your intention of utilizing a technology at your service to create a benefit for you, right? Whether it's a benefit for your health, benefit for income, benefit for for whatever. Um, I think it's it's your intention. So are you using like you go online right now, create a piece of digital art and then post it. Are you going to post that saying that you created it or are you going to say, hmm. post it saying that you used AI to create it? And that's where I think, again, is the argument people claiming AI art as art that they used and portraying it as if, hey, I made this by hand. Well, then that, you know, that's a blatant lie. And that's not quite the case. I, I think, you know, because like I can look at AI art versus somebody like, you know, an artist or a cartoonist. I could literally tell the difference almost every time, which one's an AI art and which one's an actual artist art. So for me, and if I'm buying art or paying for something, I'm going to go straight to the artist and get something original from the source. So, you know, there's always going to be that tricky gray area. There's always going to be people that, you know, use things for good and use things for bad, right? Like we're talking about AI art or we're talking about, you know, defense data technology from our cell phones. I don't know. We're talking about the same thing, right? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think, I think there's always (laughs) going to be a place for that personalization and that, that human touch. And the same thing, like there are AI coaching apps for fitness that are coming out Mm. now. And it's like, you can just, Mm -hmm. you know, you plug in your stats or your, your whatever intake form questions, and it'll just spit you out a program. And like, honestly, the program would, for most general population people would probably be just fine but it wouldn't have the ability to or maybe it would but maybe not yet the ability to innovate on a dime or oh i have this weird issue so don't use this exercise or like the motivation aspect like that like that one uh you know you drop that one quote in their mind that really makes them stick to it it wouldn't have that so it can help automate some of the things but there's always going to be that that drive towards a human thing and i think that as we go right. into the more like ai metaverse world I think there's going to end up being a premium on real world experiences, actually going mm-hmm. on vacation to places, seeing places, actually getting a piece of art or a, you know, a, a carving that was done by a real human versus just generated by a AI and a 3d printer or something like that. And it will, it will always continue to circle back because that is a finite resource, which we can't mm-hmm. just infinitely produce. And that artist eventually will die. Whereas the AI thing, would just, you know, bump out 50,000 photos in a day and like, you know, n- yeah. no issue. So I think it'll always, it will always come back to that. And like you said about the innovation, too. Another good analogy I think is photography. Not that I know so much about it, but used to there used to be no editing. But now you know, a few photographers and stuff that I follow, so much of the the stuff that they post is like, okay, I took this photo, and then here's all the edits that I did to it after to make it like the thing that I post or sell as a print or what mm-hmm. have you. And so maybe the AI thing will just become integrated with the artist's actual work. They might use AI to do the heavy work, and then they go in and customize it, move this line here, move change this shade here, whatever it is. So it'll it'll happen, but it's just you know rolling with the times, I guess.
1: That's it. Yeah, you know, I think that's always the you know technology. You're either going to be super against it, or you're going to be open to aspects of it. You know, I don't think, and I don't think you know. As humans, we always tend to absolutely love all of everything, and then we also love to absolutely hate all of everything. When there's always going to be that little bit of you know, little bit of both, you know. It's like I wouldn't be able to produce of the things I could now without having an app on you know on my phone that didn't exist ten years ago. But you know, that's why cool. So I can kind of take that history and things that I've learned over the last 10 years and add it with this technology, right? Instead of being one or the other, you know? So I think that aspect, and yeah, I just have photography. When I took, I remember maybe in, even in high school, my very first photography class, I remember the teacher said the whole entire goal of photography is to do the least amount of editing as possible. The best photographer is the one that can point a camera, have all the, you know, adjustments and lighting and settings already done, take the picture and then that's it, leave it. Whereas like now... It's the almost the exact opposite, right? Like we want it to be so fantastical and creative and and all of that. So you know, time and a place. But I think that's cool, right? Think of like a little kid that you know doesn't have access to anything. hey, if they've got a phone, they could literally teach themselves anything. So there's a positive way that that technology or that AI is going to inspire. You know, so again, there's always going to be, I think, an argument for both. It, it it's it's never going to be black or white in any situation
0: if you can't beat them, join them, like you said earlier, right? You can, you can try and ignore <laughs> the technology and ignore all the stuff. And it's like that will work until it becomes fully integrated and just normalized in our society. And then you'll be left behind. And that's just the, mm-hmm. the unfortunate mm-hmm. truth of it. And I think that that crosses all industries and, and same as strength and conditioning, right? Like you had this issue mm-hmm. a lot where just like these old guys that are in the thing that are running the programs and they just do stuff the old way, because that's the way they've always done it. When those guys are, are out of their job, like that, that way of doing things is done. Like you don't need to be doing Oklahoma yeah. drills with nine year olds. Like that's just not, it's just, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. how you make or good even football. college boys. kids, yeah. Or,
1: yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, <laughs> 100%. And I think, yeah, it's that, that, again, that, that like, just to manifest it into something I keep saying like the millennials versus the boomers because I don't know what else to call it but it's like that attitude right like this kind of old school we're just you know traditional we're doing it that way because that's the way I've always done it versus like this new school like millennial you know and in that that sales job I had I worked with a a young girl she's maybe like 23 24 and she kind of gave me some really unique perspectives because she said a couple things and I'm like wow yeah because Again, the is like she can feel it, hear it. You know, they're they're listening to the same media that we are, and she's like, "Yeah, imagining thinking that your mental health is less important than a job, Pfft, silly boomers." And then she walked away, and I was like, "Yeah, damn straight. That's exactly what that is. Like th- that's what boomers did, right? And that strength and conditioning, right? If you're not willing to volunteer for eighty hours a week for you know for years on end at a you know big D one college program, you're probably not ever going to get a professional job. It's like, wait, hang on a minute." maybe that's not the best way to foster the next generation of great coaches. You know, like may, maybe that's toxic and it's not healthy and it's not a good environment to be in. Like what a strange thought that might be, you know, like that old, you know, out with the old, in with the new, or I don't know. It's just a fun, you know, a very funny concept. And I think especially over the last two years, it's become really polarizing now, you know, that like old versus new old technology versus new technology and, just I don't know. <laughs> trying to figure out
0: <laughs> uh, a, a thought that comes to mind from something that someone said to me yesterday or the day before was that uh, the quote is it's easier to fool someone than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. And so I think this oh, goes I like, like that. with that kind of old school mentality of like the person who was convinced that you've got to grind eighty hours a week to be in this S and C job and whatever, is like they've been fooled, they've been sold that message, and then someone, you know, a young buck comes in and like, Hey, you don't have to do this. Like, there's a better way to do this. Like, no. I can't, there's no way this is, this is the only way. Right. And so it's very hard Mm -hmm. to change people's minds. And even if, especially when you're trying to change it for the positive, right. It's, it's very difficult to convince someone that the things that they've been doing that they have believed for many years are correct are no longer correct or that there is a better way to do it. But that, that, that's where the art of coaching I think comes in a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think now, and other people that have kind of left one career for another, seeing that difference. Like, you know, cause I was one of the questions you asked me earlier and now just thinking about it. So going from that environment, right. Where it's like, you have to work 80 hours a week. You got to grind. If you're not there early, like if you even need a day off, you're going to get ridiculed for it. Right. And you don't take days off. There's no, Hey boss, man, I'm real tired. I'm feeling it. Like I just, you know, like, okay. A lot of people are going to do that and take advantage of it. And like, I get that. But in that environment, everybody's trying to be the best in the world. We're all at the highest level. We're all trying to. Right, you would imagine everyone's there for a reason because they want to be. Whereas, like now, I'm in an environment where, like, hey, for you, you basically I have a health day a month if I need it. So if it's just like life is too crazy, like I, uh, you know, I'm just I'm melting down. I'm burning out. I haven't slept. Things are going wrong. Like I'm just freaking out. I could just be like, hey, I can't come to work today, and they're just like, oh, awesome. Is everything okay? I was like, wait, what is this? This is too polarizing completely. Like because for 12 years, that mentality, that thought did not even exist. It was not, it was a grind, shut up, go work out, you know, whatever, ignore it, bury it, get rid of that feeling. Whereas like now it's like, no, you know, yeah, take Monday off and come back Tuesday. We hope you feel better. And then you come in on Tuesday and they've got coffee and a donut for you. And everyone's asking you how you feel. And it's like, fuck wow like life is not that stressful or it doesn't have to be that stressful
0: and you do feel better (laughs) after that you know you take a day do you actually care about yourself for a little bit right right? and you you do feel better and and then in turn perform better and everything happens better that way rather than just like gritting your teeth and and bear it and and try and get through it it doesn't Mm -hmm. just doesn't work as good as it should
1: no (laughs) Absolutely. And especially now as I'm getting older, you know, getting to be mid thirties here, it's like, I can't do what I did in my early twenties, you know, just that grind through it, ignore it. Like now really kind of coming again, full circle in even my coaching career. Now it's like, all my time, energy effort is, is on like rest and recovery. It's like, yeah, I can go, I'll go work out. Like I'm about to go work out as soon as we get done with this. And it's going to be a hard workout for an hour. And there's going to be a lot of signs involved and all that. But it's like, all right, that's done now. The focus is now on like rest and recovery. What do I need to do to get my mind back right? What do I got to do to get my heart rate back down? You know what I mean? Like all of these things. But I, I think, yeah, it just comes full circle. I guess, you know, that's that's the beauty of life, right? Like if you don't listen to it, you're going to be forced to sooner or later.
0: That's right. That's right. It'll, it'll beat you down <laughs> one way or another. So you better, you better just deal with it properly, right? Bring, bringing things uh, full circle, the 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 forever hoodie that you mentioned before, because this is, I think, a great blend of the art stuff that you're doing now, but also with like the health and fitness knowledge that you have. So I want you to just like, talk a little bit about it and how it kind of came to and what it all means. And tell us, I know about it, but tell us a little bit about it.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And thank you, man. So I guess a little bit of context, long story short, last podcast, when we were talking about the Project Heroes things, part of that for me was that I was also going to be developing and creating all of the gear, the jackets, the uh, um, uh, hoodies, pants, like basically everything to be like natural and organic fibers, because I started doing a lot of research and, you know, you can get all these great, you know, big brands, name brand, street brands, uh um jackets that are you know, you can go out to the snow, negative forty degrees, all that. They're like nine hundred and fifty bucks a jacket. So when I started looking, I was like, well, that's crazy, because again, you're paying for the brand. It's like I cannot afford a thousand dollars for a jacket. That's insane. So I started looking into manufacturing, um, basically for the sole purpose of finding the equivalent jacket, but hopefully with better, more natural materials, right? Because through my research and kind of looking into all of this, I found that a lot of manufacturing, a lot of clothing produced now, it's all with plastics, right? Uh, uh, plastics, it's produced with plastics. It's it's turned into polyester. It's a it's a mix, right? All of this kind of whole and en- uh, all encompassing, um, basically, like where did it come from? You know, and and going back into the conspiracy theories that I started talking about on two years ago in our first podcast, um, you know, in terms of like child slave labor camps and different things like that, and these big brands like Nike, Adidas getting in the spotlight, you know, for, for a lot of the negative things and always kind of getting swept under the rug. So I've always in the back of my mind, kind of had this idea of like, like clothing or something and knowing exactly where it came from, knowing like what it is, what the fiber is, how the fibers were produced, how they were farmed, how it was factored, how it was manufactured. So you could kind of know every step of the way. And, and so 12 months later, here we are down the track. I've basically done essentially that. Um, and so long story short, created a hoodie. Hoodie is going to be kind of the first staple product. And I think will always be my favorite thing because you can never have a, a good enough hoodie or you can never have too many hoodies. And once you get that one hoodie, you'll keep it for like 10 years. Like one of my favorite hoodies. I've had it forever. Um, and so it's a hundred percent organic, a hundred percent plastic free. I can trace it all the way back to exactly where that cotton uh, was produced. All 100% raw materials in the USA, so it's the top 1% of the highest quality cotton made. Um, it's got certifications all the way through the supply chain, which is super unique. Um, it took me a long time to find a manufacturer like this. Uh, and then what I'm also going to be doing, what I'm super excited about, is in the creativity uh, design is going to be basically hand uh, hand printing. Uh, the prints on, on it. And so I'll be making that using ninth uh, century and 14th century printing techniques where you basically wood cut and, and now uh lino, which is like a type of rubber. So you basically have to like hand carve every uh, stamp. Essentially uh, I'm going to be using algae ink. Uh, so again, a hundred percent organic natural uh, resources. So, cause in a lot of inks these days uh, it's all again, coming from plastics the problem. With plastics are everywhere. Um, So it's going to be 100% traceable, 100% handmade, 100% organic, and one of one. So I'm going to make one hoodie like printed one way. Might have different quote, different graphic, different picture, and then you'll never see it again. So it's all all going to be 100% like hands-on, handmade. I'm really excited about it. Um, and then also on the flip side of that, there's also going to be like a built in like online community for a lot of that health stuff as well. So I can kind of keep tapping into like that coaching, teaching, um, working out, you know, have, kind of having that community, but now having that actual product of what I believe it will be the world's first, um, hoodie like it. 100% algae and 100% organic and, and handmade, hand printed. So yeah, I'm super, super pumped about it. Um, it's gonna be kinda of under the banner of um my new company I started called Six Cents, which will kinda of be more kinda of tied into as you know with a lot of my coaching um stuff or, from athletes and the athletes with the it factor are the ones that I believe with that six cents, you know, with that little bit extra, which I think everybody can create a six sense, you know. Uh ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Um and it'll start with this hoodie and then I'm hoping to kinda, of, you know, rate uh sell that and use that and raise money to build, you know, build this into something that's kind of pretty cool and pretty unique as well. So yeah, hopefully that answered your question. I know de- it a de- long, No, it definitely long. does. <laughs> definitely does. No, I'm I'm
0: super excited for it. The other thing is like on the very, you know, nitty gritty health side of stuff is everything in our environment is killing us. The quality of the air, the water, the, all this stuff, and even our clothes, the soaps that we use, the, the stuff plastics. that our clothes are made out of, like it seeps, it's touching your skin all the time, like 24 seven, unless you spend a significant portion of your day naked touching your skin the bed sheets and everything <laughs> and like this stuff is getting into you your skin is porous and so it's there they do disrupt our hormone systems and all of the things like it doesn't take very much digging to understand that so and here's having, another
1: full circle point sorry to interrupt you know, on exactly what you're saying right uh this used to be a conspiracy theory remember <laughs> remember remember in 2018 it was a conspiracy theory that quote-unquote everything was killing us all these uh, microtoxins, right? We, we know about it through MMA and coach cow talking about all the hormone disruptors, looking at the MMA fighters and making sure that they could make their weight and different things like that. In 2016, 17, 18, this was a quote unquote conspiracy. Now jump on Google and you can find a million articles. It's it's a common known thing. Yeah. Like what, what's, what are our clothes being made with? What, you know, our skin is the largest organ in our body. It's being touched by something all of the time. Um, so yeah, I guess for me, that full circle comes back in, in tapping back into that. So it's kind of a little bit of science, a little bit, of, a little bit of health and a lot of bit of art.
0: <laughs> yeah. Being on, being on the, the leading edge of these things, like t- things get called conspiracies before they get proven true or, or until the person who's holding that fake truth, uh, you know, gets out of the way. Like one thing that Charles Poliquin always said, the you know late, great strength coach, he always said that if he had waited for the research to catch up to the things that he learned in the gym, he would have been like four Olympic cycles behind. And what a shame that would have been. So some stuff, it just works and we just know it to be true. How does it work? We don't necessarily know all the mechanisms of wh- of why it works. Acupuncture is probably like a great example. Does acupuncture work for every single person? No. Has it been around for thousands of years and like it has a track record of thousands of years of efficacy. Yes. So do we know how it works? It doesn't necessarily matter, but it does help you in some ways for some people. So understanding that like, yeah, we don't, we maybe don't have a way to prove all these stuff. Maybe, you know, wearing a a regular t-shirt is not going to kill you tomorrow, but times your whole life. Like, we don't know. We are, we are the science experiment here because we're all participating in this, wearing these clothes. And that's not just clothes. It's the soaps. It's the food. It's the water. It's the air. It's the car. It's everything else. And we've never done this before because these things are all relatively new. So we haven't really gone through a full generation of experiencing this. And we're going to see. But maybe in the meantime, we can just switch back to the way the way things used to be, which we were pretty good for all that time
1: hundred percent. And I think, yeah. So for now, for, for me kind of taking that like health approach is like microplastics and plastics is a, is a major thing that we can kind of focus on. And so creating a product that is a hundred percent plastic free was super important to me and, and all the way down to the ink. And then that's why, again, throughout his research, I was like, wow, even all this ink is created with plastic, you know? And yeah. the unfortunate thing is a lot of these, uh, a lot of the fashion, big, big fashion brands, um, if people don't buy it, it's just ending up in dump in dumps, you know, in the Atacama Desert in Chile, um, in the beaches of Ghana. There's just you know millions of, and and they're not going to degrade because it's made with plastic. The 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 fibers in the t-shirts and the clothes are plastic. So now they're even finding. I think I I read a study the other day. Um, it was talking about they're finding microplastics like up in really high snowy mountainous regions. Because, you know, you know how there's a uh, I don't know if you do know, but there's a giant area in the Pacific Ocean where basically all the rubbish yeah. is like gone to. And so all the microplastics and the small like microscopic fibers are getting picked up into uh-huh. the wind and the air and also traveling around. And then they're being caught against this like mountainside. So it's like way out. You know, there there isn't a city for hundreds of miles. There should be no plastic in this region. And scientists are now finding microplastics. Uh, in, in 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 the mountains. So it's just like this is it's gone from conspiracy to like something that like I feel like we should be concerned about. And I'm not even bringing up you know climate change or anything like that. Like plastic is an issue. I don't care in terms of like the weather, but plastics we know it, it's going to be nothing but more trouble down the road. So. Hopefully we can change the world one hoodie at a time.
0: (laughs) One hoodie at a time. And I think the one of one aspect of them is super cool as well. Just from a, from a design, from an art perspective, people do love to rep brands and, and stand for something with the clothing that they wear. It is part of our personality, the same as a hairstyle, uh, you know, whatever other stuff you have, right. It's part of who you are. So knowing that you have one hoodie, that's you're the only one in the world who has that hoodie in that way that was made by a human, not just factory printed. And there's like a thousand hoodies or, you know, 50,000 hoodies of that. I think that that's something special too, that I think that a lot of people will like, I'm excited oh, for it for one. And I'm not even like oh, yeah. really a clothes <laughs> or art guy, but I am excited for yeah. it because of all the things that that come behind it and, and it stands for. So when when can we oh, expect yeah. them to be, I know there's like a lot of steps involved, but like when can we expect that to be to be ready?
1: Um, So websites coming out, I'm hoping to kind of tailor or, or sorry, get it uh, released around the same time as this pod, but we'll see. Um, cause I think now in, in this, in the fact that I'm in this whole kind of like art and creativity space, I'm really kind of slowing down and taking my time with things and not like in, in the fitness world, it was like content, 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 right? Like I can do a face point to shoot video right now in 10 minutes and it's out there for the world and it's done. I don't have to think about it. I can go straight on to the next thing. And I think I did that for a long time, right? Like I stopped and started a lot of these projects. Um, where I started a podcast. now I didn't do it. Started this, that. Whereas like this, I really want to kind of take my time. So definitely within the next like month, um, the website will be ready. Sample orders, uh, you can reach out to me right now. I know you got a sample one coming. Um, But again, I'm taking my time with it. I want to, and everything's going to be handmade. So it's not going to be a fast process. And I think that's also going to be a kind of different token, you know, the way to market this. It's not going to be like, you know, buy it now, get it next week because buy it now I need to make it and create it and you might get it in, you know, hopefully a month or two from now. You know, obviously once I do this a little more and I can buy, uh purchase more of them wholesale up front, I can kind of speed that process up. Um, but also because of the fact that it's all gonna be, you know, limited edition one of ones, um, I really wanna kinda of take my time with it as well. So hopefully in the next couple of weeks here will be full live. Um still, you know, any any uh, uh the my Instagram is now Boosie Vision, Boosy.vision. Um I'm sure you'll throw up the handles in there. I'm um, my uh, the studio one, it's only brand new, a couple followers, barely started putting anything on there yet. Uh it is six dot studio. So six, the number six, I x t h so kind of little play on words there, the number six and the word six, which will also kind of come into the philosophy as the brand kind of divi- uh, uh expands and develops. I know you've kind of seen and heard a few things, but <laughs> can't give everybody everything up front <laughs>
0: that's right that's right no i've I've obviously <laughs> been privy to a little bit more of it on on the inside or just you know communicating with you regularly, but most people don't and I will put all that stuff in the show notes, but i think it's i think it's the right play to not this is not a speed thing because it's not. You can't pump out hundreds of these a day or even one a day. Like it's, it's the, to do it right. This is not a, just get it done and knock it out of the park. This is like a, it's got to take its time. It's got to go through the process. And I feel like because it's, because it's so much less automated and so much more organic and natural and all that stuff. If you skip too many steps, that whole process breaks down. Like the, the chain of events that needs to happen from like, you know, farming of the materials to receiving a hoodie that chain is a little bit more delicate than the traditional clothing brand so it's gotta it's gotta be done right and you will do it right because when you take your time to do things and like set your mind to it like you get shit done rather than just like bowling through and and you know break shit and see what happens but this is this (laughs) one is going to be uh it it will be it will be very impactful
1: thank you yeah i appreciate it and and kind of like you mentioned like i i would never have considered myself a you know fashion or or you know art guy either uh and I think that's why for me, this has taken on such a such a unique challenge uh and more like mental challenge right like in the sport world, you know you can kinda you know nut up shut up physically fight work out like expend that energy somehow, whereas this kind of it's to me it's like the hardest thing ever you know to be like that vulnerable to put an idea like anytime you're art, it's literally like a reflection of your soul. And like, I don't think a lot of people, you know, want to do that, which is totally fine. Like I I never wanted to or understood how to, It, it is like a vulnerable kind of scary place. So for me, it's kind of this become this like really hard challenge. Uh, and the reason why I was a hoodie, because I feel like it's more tangible, right? Like you wear it, you can, you can live it. Whereas like when we're selling programs, we're selling like ideas and theories and PDF documents and Excel spreadsheets. And it's like, I don't know. What is any of that? You know what I mean? Like if nobody's going to read it, listen to it and actually do it, it means absolutely nothing. But Hey, if nobody's going to read it or do it, at least I wearing a sweet ass hoodie
0: yeah.
1: and it looks cool <laughs> and other people are going to read it too. And maybe it'll sink in, you know, like, so that was kind of how I landed on like that idea. Um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. I got, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to kind of see um, how it develops. Everyone that I've told the idea to so far is like super wrapped about it. So th- it kind of gives me a little bit more excitement, but you know, as anything start up literally from, from negative, from less than zero, from nothing, from an idea, you know, you know, to spending dollars on that idea to, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, I don't know. We'll see. It's a challenge. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> definitely. Like to bring this podcast full circle, as we wrap it up here, like the creative process is definitely a lot different than the fitness process. Like I've even noticed through the solo podcast that I've done, which, you know, every now and then, whatever. But sometimes I sit down, it's like words just not come to me. And it's not something that you can just necessarily mm-hmm. force. And that's not as creative as, you know, sit down to draw something or design an image. It's like, well, you can't just, oh, I got 30 minutes to get this done quickly. That's not how the creative process works. Sometimes you've got to sit there with a blank piece of paper or a blank document and say like, okay, let, let's just think and see what happens. And it might come to you in the snap of a fingers, and it might take six hours or six years. But like the creative process takes its time and it's not as, uh, it's not as tangible as other things, but it produces beautiful, tangible things. So I think that's, uh, I think that's where the big, the big difference is or where the, where the difference lies there is just the, how things get done.
1: Heck yeah, no, I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's even like me coming into this podcast, you know, we talked about it like a month ago and I knew it was coming up and all these different things and things I wanted to say or comment on. And at the end of the day, just do it, you know, be, be authentic, be natural. You know, like you said, nobody can hide, you know, from anything in a, in a one hour conversation on a podcast. So, Hey, just jump in and do a podcast, you know, like face your fears. And I think for me, that's the the biggest thing. And kind of tapping into this aspect of like my life or psyche that, you know, for 12 years, I literally buried it. Right. Cause you know, most of strength conditioning is not be creative and ask questions and figure out how to do things better. It's, Shut up, do as you told, repeat, repeat it a hundred thousand times, repeat it ten thousand times. And the next generation is going to do the exact same thing, you know, a hundred thousand times, you know. So it's, it's almost like this whole entirely different thing. So it's still scary. Uh, but I think the reward at the end is, is, is a whole lot more, uh, valuable, if that makes sense, because it's, it's, it's original. You know, you built it from the beginning, you know, it's, it is kind of scary. It's vulnerable. It's putting an idea out there and hoping people like it. And, um, yeah. You know, which same as, you know, doing a podcast. And <laughs> so I can only, I can, I can definitely relate, I think. <laughs>
0: yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. It's, um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. That's what it is, but it is a process. It is work like anything else, but at the end of it, it will, uh, it will be something, something very special, I think. So I'm excited for it. Um, hopefully in the next All couple right. of months it will be ready. Hopefully the website is ready soon. This podcast will be out well, this week, so we'll see if it's ready or not. But anyways, I'll I'll add to the show notes and I'll put it on my social media and whatever when it's when it's all up. But um do you have a name for the website yet? You wanna rattle that off and, and I'll throw uh, all the stuff in the be, show notes.
1: Yeah, definitely. The website will also be uh Six Sense Theory and that six is with the number six, I X T H. Okay. Um so I know it's a little confusing, but that'll also kinda tie into the brand aspect as it comes out. Um so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Beautiful, <laughs> we'll beautiful,
0: see. man. Um, I will throw that in the show notes, six sense theory.com when it's ready. Um, your Instagram handle, what's your Instagram handle again now?
1: Uh, boosie dot vision, right. a little, I, I see it all uh, the time, pr- but I never purple purple remember TV. what it is. <laughs> it's a purple TV. So here's another thing, right? Nobody listens to anything that, unless it's on a TV. So now all my future advice is going to come through a TV. hmm
0: <laughs> Ah very creative, very creative, very deep as
1: well. if you can 't beat him, join 'em baby if you can 't beat it. him join him.
0: <laughs> that's it man boosie.vision dot <laughs> vision on Instagram and everywhere else uh Matt, thank you so much for for doing Absolutely. this. I appreciate you coming on for the for the third time being the first guest, being the guest in the hundredth episode, you know making things full circle 100. and uh you yeah. know from here and and beyond, and we go forward, so I appreciate you very much for all that you've done and all the support that you've given me like on mic and off mic and uh you know encouragement and just letting me bitch and complain about some stuff and you know helping me through <laughs> it and, <laughs> and bouncing ideas off you. So so thanks a lot, man. I, I really appreciate you for that.
1: Of course. Absolutely man and you know thank you always, you know, kind of supporting me and my career and career, you know, change or redirection and always giving me you know kind of advice and support. I think especially in the you know strength and conditioning community uh needs a lot more of that. I know as kind of time goes by and these millennials kind of start coming up into positions that that's going to become a lot more. So, you know, thank you, you know, I'm sure on behalf of a lot of your listeners for kind of creating this platform um, for, for other people and getting guests on and just, you know, asking the hard questions and telling people things that they might not always want to hear, you know, like diet and exercise. Uh, It's a tough thing because it's such an emotional thing, I think. So the way that you can kind of take very hard and complex scientific, Concepts and deliver it into layman's terms. I've even sent a couple of your podcasts to friends of mine that've listened to and be like, "Wow, like, yeah, thanks for sending me that. It was such a eye opening way of looking at it." So you know, uh, again, I I I know you're humble like I am and you don't give yourself enough credit. So I'm gonna take a last little second here to you know throw it back to you. Congrats, you know, again on on 100 episodes and keep kicking goals, baby. 2023, let's do
0: it. (laughs) 2023, here we go. Thank you so much, man. That, That that means a lot to me. I think to to sum all that up this is a quote from you from the, from the first episode we did, and we'll leave it here is that nutrition science is really hard. Eating healthy is really easy. So just keep that in mind and you're going to be okay for the most part, whoever's listening. So That's it. thanks a lot, man. Let's, uh, let's wrap this up here. Thank you everyone for, for listening as always and following along episode a hundred. And now we go onwards and upwards and always getting better and learning more and connecting more. And that's what it's all about. Make sure you send this episode to your friends who need to hear it, who would enjoy it. Uh, Follow us both on Instagram, social media. Stay tuned for the Forever Hoodie coming out soon. You will see updates from both of us on all of that. And that's it. Go outside. Be a good person. We'll see you soon.